0: you ready freddie
1: fuck yeah
0: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your host bailey
1: it's a me mario
0: Uh, hey happy belated 420 happy
1: 422 for sure everything i have in my notes is basically just gonna be drug related
0: (laughs) i mean it's perfect for this episode i did think about that i know this is gonna come out much later than 420 But it's around 420, and it's a good 420 episode. It's a great 420.
1: Yeah, we would have dropped it closer to the actual day had we not decided to just drink and watch the weddings of Love is Blind. Yeah, because we were
0: going to record last week, and my husband had to work late.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so, you know, it's just too late to podcast. Things happen. Things happen. Love is Blind So here we are.
1: Love is Blind. It was so good. It was pretty good from what i can remember i mean you were the one that told me you're like this season is just something else and it yeah did not disappoint
0: all right is that how we're
1: kicking things off no we'll finish up the episode with that but i just figured we'll give them the excuse why we slacked off for sure so Mm -hmm. what's up what are we doing so i loved because we also went by easter Mm -hmm. right so officer cottontail yupa city california Named a bunny, <laughs> I guess a bunny named Percy as like an officer. He joined oh. he joined the force.
0: Great. What does yeah. he do?
1: I don't know. Looks cute. Yeah, he's got a little vest. God bless him, right. So I thought that that was adorable, and it's, you know, local enough. Um I saw a recipe on TikTok for vodka butter. Oh God. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be really good in like a pasta dish or on like a crispy piece of bread with like a salty piece of meat.
0: I mean, just like how bad do we need vodka though, hon? Huh? Like just drink the vodka. Well, yeah, I mean. But real quick, speaking of food, have you heard of cottage cheese ice cream
1: yes i want to try it i hate cottage cheese me too because the texture but watching these people blend it and seeing what it's turning out to be the
0: receptionist at my work kayla did it she's the one who even told me about it what
1: flavor did she do
0: she was smart she did a strawberry cheesecake yeah because it's that tangy cheesy cream cheesy flavor brilliant yep and she said it was great she even splurged and sprinkled some graham crackers on top holy fuck yeah
1: i know i definitely want to try it Mm -hmm. it's on the list And then, okay, Uh, one of Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos got killed. Oh dear! (laughs) On a highway accident. Apparently, that was like one of his big splurges was to bring back two hippos, Mm -hmm. which have now made it into thousands of hippos, and it's like a real problem. Yeah, his cocaine hippos
0: are infamous. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know anything. All the cocaine animals. Uh
1: And then I don't know where the rest of my shit is, but I also saw something about a bear breaking into a woman's car and drinking all of her soda. Yeah. I thought that was really good news for this week's podcast. Yeah. They'll do it, man. They are so fucking smart. Well, she said, she's like, I'm really good about remembering to always bring food. Right. But she's like, I didn't think in cans, in my trunk, like, what's the appeal? Well, fucking enough. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. So do you think based on my news, the audience can figure out what our cocaine episode bear <laughs> our episode is this week. We always act like we're surprising
0: people and we forget that they there's they a whole the blurb they beforehand. Yeah. I know. But one of our fans talked to me on Instagram and said that they love part of their own personal drinking game at home is that they'll take a drink or a shot or a smoker or whatever. Um, when we say the episode title, when we name it. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. We can't participate in that because we're we don't. Living. We don't know. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to name it. Yet
1: mm-hmm, we're live. But
0: if you are listening and you see the episode title, just keep in the back of your brain when you hear us say it. Mm-hmm. Take a drink for us. That's a fun one. That's a good idea. All right, I have. Um, it's so funny because I feel like a lot of what we're going to talk about we've already talked about because we were supposed to record and we didn't. Um. Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, yes. We've moved on from all the young dudes. That's a great fun read. If you need something. I mean, it's not totally light hearted. There is some darkness in there and you will definitely end up crying at some point. But compared to this new one I'm reading, it's a fucking skip through a meadow. Wow. Because now I'm Looking reading dark. And now I'm reading Manacled, which is a Hermione draco love story which is not something i've ever been into i've never shipped them and this one very much changes harry potter canon and lore in this one the order of the phoenix loses the war after dumbledore's murder in their sixth year everything kind of goes downhill they fight the war for year's And Hermione becomes, like, a world-class... They call it a healer, but basically a doctor. And um, a world-class, like, potion brewer. And she's... She can't fight because she's the best doctor that they have. So she's just stuck in these hospital wards, literally cleaning up the messes of these horrific battles with these terrible curses. That she
1: can't do anything about. And they
0: go into, like, detail about how bad this shit gets. And Harry is very righteous in the idea that they shouldn't use dark magic, that good always beats evil. And Hermione's like, fuck fake shit. Y'all need something stronger than Expelliarmus. Yeah. You know, you got to do something more than stun them. You have to like fight fire with fire. It causes a whole rift between her, Harry, and Ron. It's real dark and depressing. Great. Where you start the story is after all of that happens, Hermione's basically been um after they lose the war after Harry dies. This is no spoilers by the way. All of this is like at, up top. Yeah. You know all this. She is been in a dungeon with no light or sound for 16 months. She's obviously been being fed and whatever, right. but um she's pulled out and she's like kind of half crazy and there's all of these things in her brain that she cannot remember. She's put up like memory blocks. And she's basically come out into a world where Voldemort is ruling most of Europe and it's very much, they just ripped off the handmaid's tale. So you just have to get over the fact that it's basically the handmaid's tale in in the wizarding world. And she's sold as like a breeder to Draco or Or given to him, not sold, given to him. And the reason she's given to Draco, who's like the number one general in Voldemort's army is because He's, like, a world-class mind reader, and they're trying to, like, get into her brain because she's the last surviving member of the Order. So Voldemort's, like, for sure she has some shit in there that I am supposed to... that I want to know. Yeah. Anyways, it goes on from there. It's really horrific. It's really terrible. There's lots of rape and sexual assault and lots of violence, and you're like, why the fuck am I reading this? Why is the host of one of my favorite podcasts recommending this book to me? Yeah. But just hold on because then she starts to get her memory back and then you go into the majority of the book which is her flashing back to all the stuff that happened during the war Mm -hmm. and it is so fucking good and that's when you get into this whole Draco and Hermione story and now if you don't want the book ruined stop listening right now spoiler alert come back in a minute But you end up finding out that uh, Draco is a spy. He really wants Voldemort to be defeated. He knows the order isn't strong enough or smart enough to defeat Voldemort. So he turns spy. Him and Hermione end up falling for each other hard. Mm -hmm. And when he's right and the war is over and the order won, Hermione lies to him because he's going to put her in hiding. Hermione lies to him and she goes and like blows up this, prison that's neither here nor there the point is she gets captured because of it Ooh. and thrown into a dungeon and nobody knows where she is but even though she's in this dungeon draco knows she's still alive so all this like horrific bad stuff he's done to become a general in voldemort's army is literally to like track her down and find her mm-hmm. and eventually does and then she wakes up and she's still in this hell situation but she's like holy shit he found me i guess mm. but anyways it's very very good and there's a lot i'm leaving out yeah. I didn't spoil a lot. I didn't even spoil the ending, which is crazy. Wow. But there's so much to it. Okay. It's one of the best books I've read in years. See? And you
1: were having a rough time going into it. You're like, why is this Why
0: yeah. am I reading this book? Mm-hmm. It's a ripoff of The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Every character I've ever loved
1: has died, except yep. for Hermione, who's fucking crazy now. That's why Nick couldn't read Game of Thrones. Every time he gets get invested in somebody, he's like, well, they're dead. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But if you're looking for a dark, dark read, it's a good one. It's not all dark. There is definitely some high points. But just know, you know, be in the right mental space going into it. But I highly recommend it. It's a fan fiction. It's called Manacled. You can read it on ao 3 that's where i read it but i'm sure there's other fan fiction sites you can find it on well there you go love it um also i want to give a shout out to my favorite podcast right now shits and gigs which i've mentioned here Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. i always say that i'm a james you're a fuhad but just a little shout out because i've been listening to them and right now we don't get access to this but they do because they're in the uk um, I guess Married at First Sight Australia, which is very different than Married at First Sight US, okay. is getting juicy and I haven't watched a stitch of it, but James gives a weekly Married at First Sight update. I love it. And they talk about it and I'm like, uh, amazing. Our people. They're literally like the British male versions of, of us. us. And I'm like, man, all those people who told us that Married at First
1: Sight talk was boring. I'm like, look at these guys. They're doing it. They got a huge podcast and they're doing Married at First Sight breakdowns. I saw the funniest TikTok where this girl's going around interviewing guys and she's showing them a picture of what's his face? Tom Sandoval, the guy who cheated from the Bravo show. Yes. Okay. So obviously we barely know who he Mm -hmm. is. So none of these guys fucking know. Right. Uh huh. But one does, and he knows everything because he's a fucking Bravo stan. He's yeah. like, "Oh my god, these shows! Oh, this is so good!" Yeah, and that that motherfucker, and that would be Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how our friend Ben would so be. So funny, love it. Mm-hmm. All right,
0: if you don't have anything else, I do have a perfume review. Oh, <gasps> we finally got our old Gods of Appalachia perfume. Wow, sample. If you have been listening for a long time, I've been talking about this perfume, and I just have never gotten around to buying a sample. So this is a perfume based on a great podcast called um, Old Gods of Appalachia. The perfume is called Blood and Bone. Mm -hmm. It is supposed to smell like a dark forest at night, moss and cypress, blood and warm fur, a whisper of gun smoke, and a drop of sweet resins, Mm. which is all stuff I like. I mean, maybe not the blood and (laughs) fur. But everything else. And I think, I can't remember what their tagline is, but it's something like, "like why be sexy when we can be terrifying? Ooh. Which, I mean, all of this is right up my alley. I'm Look. like, yes, okay. I want a terrifying perfume. Mm-hmm. You ready to smell how terrifying it is? Oh, no. Oh, Here's no. this little tiny one. You got to unscrew it. Oh. What are you-
1: What's the little picture supposed to be? Is it the Appalachians? I don't know. How's that Cypress and gun smoke treating you? I like it, but I can hardly smell it. I'm gonna have to put it on. Hold on. It smells like a like a bathroom.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's supposed to be that pine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To me, it smells like a food, and I can't maybe like a cinnamon, like a cinnamon gingery. Yeah. Like a gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. But I do not feel like it smells like gun smoke and no, it smells like a cabin, but not a scary cabin. No, nothing about this is terrifying. Like a cabin where you're or making bowl. cookies on
1: a lovely day. Yeah, there's no like there's what resin and <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing smoky about it. But at least it's
0: not bad. It's not, but it's nothing I would wear. Yeah, I would never wear it, it to me. It, it, a cottage smells like a grandma's cottage. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and I don't want
0: to smell like a grandma cottage. No.
1: Mm-mm. We want to smell like a cottage where murder happened.
0: I want to smell like a cottage where there's, like, gun smoke in the air. I'm trying to think what you could do with With, like, a touch of this. witchcraft, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. You could put this on, like, your candle warmer. Maybe have it, like...
0: Yeah, it would be a nice air mm-hmm. fragrance. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> add it to the list of perfumes that disappoint us. <laughs> that uh, smell
1: nothing like their description. It's just a mile
0: long at this point.
1: Yeah, these fucking bullshit descriptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's see how bullshit your description of the <laughs> cocaine bears. Uh-huh. Cocaine. I think, is this episode 90? Ooh,
0: it I could be. be. I think it is. That's
1: exciting.
0: Okay, so first of all, before we get into it, if you um, want to play along to our THC drinking game, take a drink of what you're drinking or a hit of what you're smoking anytime we. Mention a badass big sister. We mentioned an episode of Monk. We mention a past episode of THC. We cheers. We spill something. Or we hear the train, but we're actually at B's house. Yeah. So there probably won't be a lot of train action, but we will give you a cheers to being in B's living room. Oy, cheers. I can't Alrighty. wait. You can't wait? I'm so excited. <laughs> I have n- not as many notes as you think I would have. That's fine. I got everything from One Place and One Place Only, and that is a documentary. I believe I watched it on Peacock. <laughs> it's called The Cocaine Bear. The. But it should be noted that you can also watch the movie Cocaine Bear also on Peacock right now.
1: Sure. I'm sure that's where we watched it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Of course. Somewhere very legal. <laughs> very, very. Legit. Somewhere that we pay for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: December 1985 in North Georgia, In the Chattahoochee National Forest, a hunter is walking through the woods when he comes across a dead bear. Next to the bear is a parachute with an empty duffel bag. Um, Inside the duffel bag is traces of cocaine, but there is no cocaine left Mm. in the duffel bag. Mm -hmm. He calls whoever out, the forestry. Somehow the police and the FBI get involved and they have questions. Did this bear... Eat this cocaine. And
1: that's why it's dead.
0: And that's why it's dead. So that's December 1985. We're going to rewind a bit to September 1985. So just a few months previous, Mm -hmm. Knoxville, Tennessee, in a quiet suburban neighborhood. The police get called out for a trespasser that a man sees laying in his driveway. When they get there, they realize that this trespasser is actually a dead body. Mm-hmm. It's a skydiver in very expensive, like, jumping gear. He has a duffel bag with 40 kilos or 75 pounds of great cocaine strapped to his body, and that is worth about $100 million. Crazy. And they're in individual, like, the bricks are, like, wrapped in Uh plastic, and it's all marked USA. He's also found with knives and daggers on his body, night vision goggles, $5,000 in cash, precious stones and gems, gold, um, what are these things? Gold knuckles.
1: Gold brass knuckles, yes.
0: (laughs) I believe they call them Kruger hands.
1: Oh, but clearly it's not someone prepared to die right he's prepared to do something yeah i don't know if death is it no so. a loaded
0: nine millimeter gun and a super cool it was so funny because the police were kind of geeking out about this one a wristwatch that could also spray um tear gas oh like he's like a james bond either. yeah they're like he's like james bond <laughs> there's also the rumor that he was found wearing expensive like gucci loafers he was not. He was found wearing very expensive, like, parachuting boots. Mm-hmm. And the cop that was, like, kind of going through what was on his person said, these are like the Gucci loafers of, like. They're the Gucci of parachute, of parachute gear. Parachute yeah. gear. Mm-hmm. And somehow that got twisted throughout all these years for this, like, eccentric guy with these fucking Gucci. James Bond weapons and Gucci loafers yeah. to be found dead in this other guy's driveway.
1: Love it. Well, so here's a fun fact is Nick's grandpa was like a professional skydiver. Yes. And that could have been a plan B outfit. right? Yeah. Wear his skydiving gear because I'm sure it's some Gucci gear. And we've never. Oh, I guess we have. Have we ever had you just be a dead body? How could we not? We're going to have to look through the pictures. I've, I feel like I've you I mean, for sure been my dead body. Yes. But yeah, I don't know if I've just been a.
0: Just a dead body. Yeah. Because that would have been fun if we, like, put you on the, you know, in the driveway. Uh With all the shit. All the gear. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now, a plane crash is reported about 100 miles away in Hayesville, North Carolina. They find out that the plane is registered to Andrew Thornton. Mm -hmm. Andrew Thornton is born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. He's a little piece of shit rich boy. He's from a famous, like, horse racing family, which boasts two derby winners that
1: sounds like a robert durst thing this is very much Mm -hmm. a
0: robert durst
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: situation he's handed everything in his life he's never had to face consequences and he is bored as fuck
1: also menendez he
0: dreams of like a bigger life he dreams of adventure Mm -hmm. so he tries college fucking boring drops out yeah he joins the army. He excels. Okay. He becomes a world-class paratrooper and pilot for the army, and he even uh, is earns a Purple Heart. Okay. So he has a great army career. Mm-hmm. Gets out of the army, gets married, boring, divorces. Yeah. Decides to join the police, where again he excels, and he signs up for the now newly formed narcotics division Kay. because they hadn't really had a drug problem before now. Sure. Through this, he meets his BFF and partner. Now, here's the thing. I was writing this all down as people were talking. So besides Andrew, I don't have last names for anybody. That's fine. So coming on through here, it's all first name basis. But he meets his BFF and partner, Bill. Bill kind of has the like swagger and attitude and life that like Andrew always dreamt of. Mm -hmm. Bill's from like the wrong side of the tracks. And he's like a real tough guy. He's got like that tough guy swag. Yeah. And Andrew loves it. He just like really leans into it. And the two of them do what (sighs) some cops have been doing forever, which is they turn dirty. Mm
1: -hmm. There's some
0: dirty cops, especially working the narcotics division. Oh, are you kidding? A new division where people don't even really know what you're supposed to be doing. How exciting. So they bust people for drugs. They'll keep the drugs. They'll resell the drugs. They'll pocket the money. They fuck with the perps. Yeah. Yeah. They're dirty cops. Yeah. By the mid-1970s, they start transporting pot into Kentucky Kentucky, Kentucky. <laughs> via airplane. Okay. January 1977, a woman named Melanie has flipped and turned informant mm-hmm. to the FBI. I'm not quite sure how Melanie is tied into Andrew and Bill. Okay. I missed that part, but she knows them well enough that Andrew and Bill get paranoid Mm. and they're scared that she's going to rat. And then one day on her way home from work, Melanie disappears. Her car is found abandoned. She is last seen talking to two men in a dark van. To this day, there has been no connection proven to Andrew and Bill. There's no evidence that they did anything to Melanie, but Melanie is still missing to this day. Wow. Now. Mother. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to cry. Anyways, back to the story because we had to take a little <laughs> rat catching break.
1: <laughs> My fucking These cat,
0: man. Fucking psycho cat brought in, I'm sure, I know we've talked about on the podcast before that she's a straight killer, but she didn't bring in a dead rodent this it's time. So alive. She brought one that is. In perfect health and condition. Yeah, it's rare that she brings them in dead. And B is so brave, she went after it with a red Solo cup and a broom. <laughs> and now they're going to
1: work it out in the bathroom together yeah. behind closed doors.
0: Yeah, they're both locked in the bathroom, so, you know.
1: <laughs> On with the podcast. Uh-huh, podcast. On podcast. with the podcast. Just,
0: we can't get drunk and forget
1: they're in there, and then I go pee. Oh, yeah, no. Well, we'll hear them, I'm sure. <sighs> All right. My poor husband is going to come home again to us drunk. Him being again. sober. Again. <laughs> uh, him always. being sober. It's always Nick coming home sober to us drunk. Sorry. And now he's going to have this fucking rat in w- the bathroom. Well, hopefully it's a dead rat. Yeah.
0: I mean, it could be worse. It could be a live rat. I feel like you got the worst. Oh, you- oh, good. I feel like you got the worst end of the
1: deal. <laughs> the excitement. ma'am.
0: And know a new whole, a whole new thing to drink to.
1: Whenever Mimosa yeah, brings w- in a special we, guest. We might not hear the
0: train, but surprise. We, we'll definitely hear the death squeals <laughs> of a rodent here soon. <sighs> All right. Now, shit's getting too hot. The, the, the boys are feeling the pressure. Okay. So Andrew quits the police department and does what any sane person would do when he goes, ooh, shit's getting a little tight around here. Yeah. He becomes a full-time drug smuggler. <laughs> He just goes all in on the drug smuggling game. He's like, you know, being part of the police department is really holding me back. If I just went all in. I can fly more under the radar. Brilliant. He has a new partner, his childhood friend, Bradley. And Bradley was actually the best man at his wedding. And he is now a successful businessman that has strong connections to the Chagra brothers. Chagra. Chagra? Chagra. C-H-A... I don't know. It G- doesn't matter. R- yeah, no, well, the Chagra brothers are drug smugglers mm-hmm. themselves. They work on a much Wide scale. bigger tier mm-hmm. than Andrew does. Yeah. And they basically are also one of those crime families <coughs> that kind of like run Vegas. Okay. Andrew is now bringing pot over from Columbia to Kentucky In a four-engine World War II cargo plane, he's transporting tons of weed. And um, he flies, he always has the same kind of flight path where he goes up past North (coughs) Georgia into Kentucky. Okay. This episode also reminds me very much of Blow. For sure. And I can't remember the guy from Blow's name. I know Johnny Depp, but I can't remember the, Boston Rob. It's giving very much, like, Boston Rob vibes right december 1978 one of the Chagra brothers is murdered in some sort of retaliation hit and this brings the cops all over his other brother right and that brother is arrested for drug trafficking now the day before he's supposed to go to trial for this he orders the judge murdered he hires a hitman and murders the judge the day before the trial savage he hires a hitman named charles harrelson who you would be interested to know is
1: woody harrelson's dad (gasps) and then did you hear the news recently that woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey might be related well that makes a lot of sense yeah and, and I think
0: they're doing a True Detective 3, aren't they? Or 4? I don't know. I think they're back for True Detective. Yeah. Because they're, did you ever watch that? No. Oh. You, oh. you and Nick should watch the I first feel like one. We did, maybe. Season 1's the only one that's really good. Okay. And it's those two. Yeah. The ones that came out after that, they're not in it and it's not very good. Makes sense. But I think they're back for it. Amazing. But, anyways, yeah. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Who, of course, we've done Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, his job was a hitman. Love it. It doesn't matter because that Chagra brother was still found guilty and sentenced to 30 years in prison. Now through all of this investigation and police work and like hoopla, mm-hmm. the FBI fucking finds out about Andrew is mm-hmm. the point of all this. Mm-hmm. And they're on his heels. Okay. 1981 Bradley Andrew's partner is arrested in a hotel in Philadelphia He's found with automatic weapons and, like, high-tech, like, communications gear. Okay. Suspicious. And they find more weapons and cash in his Lexington, Kentucky home. He is sentenced to 15 years in prison. The FBI, while going through his stuff, also finds a notebook with Andrew's government fucking name written in it. Amazing. And, like, a bunch of code words for their smuggling operation. Mm -hmm. So low-key
1: so smart yes. <laughs> really brilliant I'm glad he went all in
0: <laughs> again does andrew lay low
1: No. hell
0: no he says no. i don't give a fuck no. he knows his flights are being tracked doesn't care they stop and search his plane multiple times it's always clean Amazing. he's never caught with anything Eventually he goes down for like five months for some like arbitrary chart like some bullshit mm-hmm. that doesn't even have anything to do with like drugs. Because they have to get
1: him on something just because they're bitter. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so five months in jail, and when he comes out, he decides weed is That's too a poor man big game. and problematic to move. Okay. It's all about cocaine.
1: Yeah, let's get it.
0: Cocaine is king at this point. Yeah, everybody loves cocaine in everybody. the seventies and eighties. And it's much easier to transport,
1: Mm -hmm. right? You
0: can get more bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Smaller amount of drug, but it equals more money. Of course. So he can now transfer this in smaller planes and it can be just him. One Mm -hmm. man operation. Doesn't have to split the money. Doesn't have to worry about the bullshit. Win-win. So he goes all fucking in. Mm -hmm. September 10th. I respect the work ethic. (laughs) For real. September 10th, 1985. He's flying from Columbia. He is supposed to stop in Georgia to unload and then keep on flying to Kentucky. So that way if cops are waiting for him in Kentucky, he's got a clean plane. Yeah. Something goes awry. And we still don't know exactly what happened. But we do know that he skips his Georgia landing and instead of lands, he flies throws the coke out in a duffel bag attached to a parachute. Um. And their theory is that he actually does this a few times. We know about the duffel bag near the bear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're thinking he did this kind of all along his flight path yep. for how much coke he was moving at the time. And then he sets his plane to autopilot and he jumps out with mm-hmm. the 75 pound Duffel bag of cocaine strapped to his body and all of his accessories. MacGyver gear. And for whatever reason, he doesn't pull the chute and he ends up slamming into some guy's driveway and dying. Doesn't make sense. So that is the question. How? Because he is more than experienced to do this. Yeah. So they're wondering if one, maybe he hit his head on the way out of the plane, Mm -hmm. knocked him out. Or two, he jumped out successfully and the bag of coke like swung up and like smacked him in the head oh, and knocked him out. Okay. Or three, maybe the parachute just didn't fucking open. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just a faulty parachute. Yeah, It's the way it goes. And the next question is why? Yeah, We don't have a reason why he was doing this. A lot of people think that he was faking the crash. That's why you put the plane on autopilot. And he was going to go back and collect the cocaine at the drop spots and kind of disappear. Uh, However, the experts would like to mention the fact that that's pretty ballsy, even for Andrew, to go up against the Medellin cartel like that. Mm -hmm. And they would be very upset about the loss of that much cocaine. And they're like number one pilot. So... The experts don't really lean into that one. But Andrew was, if nothing, he, a when, ballsy guy. When
1: he put his mind to something, that was it. And he was all in.
0: There's another theory that he jumped because he thought he was being followed by yeah. like a DEA plane, I which that. the FBI and DEA claim on this documentary. They were not following him, although I'm sure. I mean, why would they ever <laughs> tell us the truth or admit it? And he did have a new partner at this time, a guy helping him named Bill. Bill was his... Uh, this is a different Bill. Uh, Bill was his karate instructor and personal bodyguard. And Bill came out years later saying that he was actually on the plane and that something kind of went awry and kind of forced their hand to do this and that Bill ended up jumping out right before the plane And Bill's crashed. alive. Bill is alive. And Bill didn't know that... Um, Andrew had died until he saw it, like, on the news, basically.
1: That seems really suspicious. Yeah, he has
0: lots of details. I don't know. That's just what that guy says. Okay. Now, as for our bear, it apparently would be impossible for that bear to eat 75 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> They're like, he would have died so way fast. before. Yeah, And he ate all the plastic and everything. Like He didn't leave a shred. Yeah. They did an autopsy on the bear who had been dead for six weeks by the time the hunters found him and found about three grams of 95 percent pure cocaine in the bear system, which apparently is plenty for the bear's heart to stop. Yeah. They're wondering if. This. Had been the plan all along, that this is what he had been doing all along and dropping the drugs at certain points on his route and then having a secondary team come in and, and pick him up mm-hmm. um, once he found out that he was being tailed or whatever. yeah. And that is not that far-fetched because there's a great true crime mystery that they have not made a movie about, so we can't cover it. But my real true crime fans know what it is. It's the boy on, boys on the tracks about these two teenage boys who are found dead on some railroad tracks. Okay. And all the police and authorities will not hear that it was anything other than a bunch of fucking like high youths because there was weed in their system and they were so fucking high they couldn't like get off the train tracks or whatever. Sure. Okay, but there is proof and evidence of this. Thing happening where those boys were found where drugs were being dropped or left in the forest and other people were coming to pick it up. And on the case of the boys in the tracks, I believe the p- dirty cops were the ones picking up the drugs. Yeah. And the boys saw them. Wrong place, wrong place. Like the boys were in the woods just smoking weed yeah and saw them and That's got it. murked for it. Damn. So maybe one day they'll make a movie about it. All right. And it is to be noted that in 1982, so three years before this, a farmer did find his cows eating cocaine out of a duffel bag. Cocaine cow? There was cocaine cows. Cocaine cow. But there was multiple cows. So they all were like, they were kind of like sniffing around and like getting into it when he found them. So Mm -hmm. I don't think any cows were harmed in the making of this episode. (laughs) But there was some cocaine cows and it was all in that same like flight trajectory. So they're thinking that must have been Andrew's cocaine from a different flight, which Mm -hmm. led them to kind of believe he had been dropping this and we didn't know. And if you are interested in visiting the Cocaine Bear Museum in Lexington, Kentucky, you can surely do that. And we know you can
1: get married, too, because of last episode, right? That was my news, the couple that got married. Yes. Uh
0: And they claim to have the Cocaine Mm -hmm. Bear taxidermied. Yeah. Which it's not, because the real cocaine bear had been dead for six weeks. You can't taxidermy oh. it. But they swear up and down. Their official statement to the documentary was, no, this is the bear. the bear. And his name, of course, is Pablo Escobar.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And that is the real life cocaine bear.
1: Oh, I'm so cute. Lots of
0: cocaine. Not much bear. And I know in the movie, the bear's, like, running rampant. This bear just ate three grams and fucking died like a so bitch. So the bear
1: didn't even, like, kill anybody? no.
0: The bear ate a little bit of cocaine and and passed out. It was too much. 95% pure.
1: God bless Elizabeth Banks. She
0: said, we're leaning all the way into it.
1: Because I'll, I mean, I'll be real honest with you guys right here, right now. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, of course. It is so my vibe. You Ready? I am. So I had the pleasure of watching this with my parents for Easter. Happy Easter. No uh-huh. zombie movie this year, huh? No. So Nick was just pulling up his library of movies, of things to watch, and immediately it pops up, and they're like, cocaine bear? Yeah. It's like, well, of course we're going to watch it's right that. right up your parents' alley.
0: Cocaine and animals? Right. It's
1: like, duh. Okay. The movie opens with a song by Jefferson Starship. It's such an '80s campy vibe. It's obviously 1985. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, within seconds, immediately, you. Love I'm it. in love. Yeah, I don't even have to see anybody, and we do. We're in this small little plane, and we're smuggling duffel bags of drugs. This guy is high out of his mind. He is,
0: and there's no. Proof that Andrew also wasn't high out of his mind. They never said anything about whether they he never was or They never tested the
1: dead body. I don't
0: think. I'm sure they did. Honestly, I don't remember. No. But what I will say is, um, so I watched the first part of cocaine yeah. there. I did not finish it. But the way he was fucking thrown around those 75-pound <laughs> bags of cocaine, I'm like, clearly those bags just have paper in them. right? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Or he's just that high. He's just flinging inv- them around. Yeah, invincible. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he does, he ends up hitting his head on the way out of the plane. Yes. And that's why his parachute didn't deploy. And that's when we get on the screen, based on a true story, with this quote. Black bears are not, motivi- are not motivated by territoriality. They will seldom attack humans in their vicinity, and when they do attack, victims have a higher probability of surviving by fighting back rather than submitting.
0: Okay. Versus grizzlies, you're supposed to, like, play dead.
1: Okay. What is it? Chattahoochee? Chattahoochee! (laughs) Chattahoochee! National Forest, 1985. We see a sweet foreign couple, Olaf and Elsa. Stop it. I know. They're doing the most. I know. And they're discussing their upcoming wedding and their plans for a baby and their hiking and being all cute in the wilderness. Olaf is? Uh, d- the guy from Game of Thrones. Yes. He is one of my favorites. Um, it's Tormund. Tormund. I was going to say Tormund, but yeah. I didn't think that was right. The leader of the free folk. He, The best.
0: And he's in love with,
1: you know. With Brienne. Brienne of Tarth. Uh-huh. And he's besties with Jon. Um, So you can imagine how excited they are when they spot the black bear. Yeah. Right. And not only that, like he's being super cute. He's like scratching his back up against the tree. Right. So they just think it's like this perfect moment they're capturing out in wilderness. (laughs) They get the camera out for a closer look. And that's when Olaf realizes something's wrong with the bear. Oh, my God. And the bear is now, as we see, looking through the lens, smashing its head against the tree. (laughs) Olaf's like, babe, we got to bounce. But Elsa wants a closer look. She takes the camera. And all she sees now is the bear rolling in the grass in the sun, being super cute. And then before you know it, the bear is right in front of them. Yeah. And this is when Olaf tells Elsa, if it's black... You fight back. If it's brown, you lay down. That's right. So there Good we go. Da- there mm-hmm. you go. You just got some survivor uh, P's and Q's. But what did Elsa do? Lay down and screamed and cried or ran? She ran. Yeah, she ran. Yeah, she ran. So Olaf takes off after her and the bear goes after him. He falls to the ground and ends up watching as the bear jumps over him on top of his fiance and ripping her to pieces. Fun. With the bear distracted, Olaf has time to sneak away. And that's all for Olaf for now. We cut from him to this like epic 80s say no to drugs campaign where we get, This is your brain on drugs. And crack is whack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thrill
0: can kill. <laughs> Guess what? My kid's middle school just had their 420 anti-vaping anti-weed assembly.
1: Love it. Yeah. That's so funny. And
0: you guys will be happy to know that middle schoolers are still shitheads and still made little shithead fucking
1: comments As and asked they real should. shithead questions. As they like, should. like it's good to know the tradition lives on. <laughs> but most importantly, we see a commercial featuring a legend Pee Wee Herman. Otherwise known oh. as Paul Rubin. Yeah. From Blow episode 54. Yeah. hmm I
0: love that there's a blow tie. They had to have asked him in because of Blow. Oh, of course. I mean, of course, it's Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. But just to have at least one Blow tie in. I mean, not
1: just one, because then Ray Liotta. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Girl. Ray Liotta was in Blow? It's His John. dad? hmm Oh, shit. OK, sorry. OK. I just derailed you. I'm Get so sorry. Get it together. I totally forgot about that, though. <laughs> So then on the news, we hear that millions of dollars in drugs dropped from the sky in Knoxville, Tennessee, found strapped to a heavily armed man who parach- whose parachute failed to open. In one duffel bag, there was over 70 pounds of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Crazy. On the scene, we meet Officer Bob, played by Isaiah Whitlock, Whitelock Jr., I think he's probably most famous for his role in The Wire because people love that fucking show.
0: All you have to do is mention it to my husband. He could tell you exactly who he is. People die for that show. That's my husband. My husband and Ben love that fucking show. I've tried to watch it. I couldn't get into it. I
1: couldn't either. I know. Believe me. Okay, So Bob knows the dead man belongs to a gang run by Sid White, played by the late, great Ray Leota. Rest in peace, King. Thank you for all the great Fucking movies. And thank you for not only your appearance on our blow episode, but also Iceman number sixty-one. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, he had a real thing for Mafia movies. So then in St. Louis we meet David, played by Baby Cube. O'Shea Jackson. Our love. We love love us some O'Shea Jackson Jr. And he's meeting up with Sid at like a Chuck E. Cheese situation in the mall. He's there with his grandson, Gabe, because his mom just died, causing Sid's son, Eddie, to quit the biz. Sid wants David to take Eddie to Chattahoochee to collect the remaining drugs that were dropped. And David's like, um, maybe we should take a beat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, one of our guys was just found dead with kilos on him, and your son is literally mourning the loss of his wife and baby mama. But Sid doesn't give a fuck, and he's got Colombians to work to worry about. I mean, fair,
0: true. It's all fun and games until you're dealing with the Medellin cartel, and then you gotta just make shit
1: happen. So David finds Eddie drinking his reef away at a local dive bar. Eddie's drunk ass is not quiet when speaking to David about the missing coke. So one of the other local bar patrons calls and tips off the cops, and it eventually gets back to Officer Bob. Okay. In Chattahoochee, we meet single nurse mom. What's her name? Sorry, Sari. Yeah, I would say sorry. Yeah, I'm going to call her mom. (laughs) Played by Carrie Russell. Lover, Felicity. Yeah, that's right. And her daughter, Dee Dee. The mom is informing Dee Dee that she needs to postpone their hiking trip because she's picking up some extra ships at the hospital and tells Dee Dee that her dinner's in the microwave for later that night since she's working in the graveyard. Okay. The next morning, Dee Dee decides to skip school and her and her friend, Henry, hike to the falls without her mom. So mom comes home from work later that day, assumes Dee Dee's at school, goes straight to the kitchen and pours herself a tall glass of white wine with ice cubes. Stop it. Cheers, bitch. Oh, my
0: God. I'm so excited. I know. What a mom. What a class act, you mean. Mm -hmm. A lady who really knows her taste. High end
1: taste. Just as she's about to lay down and get some sleep, she has her phone ring and it's of course the school informing her that Dee Dee never showed up and neither did her bestie Henry. So she goes through all of her kids shit and finds a map with the circle of the falls like in red and knows exactly where to go. So, mom's heading to Chattahoochee. Poor to mom, I would be so fucking pissed. The <laughs> God graveyard.
0: I'd <laughs> be so pissed. Now <laughs> I gotta go on a hike to find your ass.
1: To the Forest Visiting Center, where we meet Ranger Liz, Yay. podcast queen Margot Martindale, who fans will remember from episode thirty-five, "Hard Knock Life," forty, "Mommy Dearest," and most recently, eighty-three, "The Smoking Pineapple."
0: Margo Drink let's bitch. give it up come
1: on Margo let's give it up
0: for Margo oh, I thought we were choosing well, sorry why not what a queen and she's such a fantastic actress and she's been in so much more stuff than that that I've seen
1: her in and she always kills it well most recently she was also in that Netflix show that was based on something real about the people that move in the house yes whatever that was called and she was one of the creepy neighbors. Yeah, and she was, of course. She's always phenomenal. Great. She reminds me very much of like Kathy Bates. Oh yeah, love it. And in this, she's epic. She is. She's got the hots for this guy Peter, the wildlife inspector. Okay, right. And he's played by Jesse Tyler Ferguson, known yes. from Modern Family, and also from his cameo in Taylor Swift's "You Need to Calm Down" music video. Oh so yeah, there's that. That's a f- You would love that music video. Have you ever seen it? I don't think I have.
0: It's um, it was directed by her gay best friend and like choreographer, team member. Um, shit. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Todrick Hall. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's just basically like a little gay pride anthem. That's uh-huh. what it's about. And so she's got like the Queer Eye guys on there. You know, they're just in a, like a little fabulous gay trailer park. Like living it up. I love it. It's super fun. Super glittery. Lots of feathers.
1: If only I would live in that trailer park. For sure. It's a
0: dream. It's our dream come true.
1: Okay. So, anywho. We go to look for the missing kids, right? But they aren't the only ones at the visiting center. As we see David and Eddie arrive also searching for something. While in the bathroom, David comes across a group of punk-ass teens who try to jump him. Not youths. Right. He, of course, kicks their asses (laughs) and ends up finding a brick of Sid's Coke on one of them. So we interrogate them for a location and take one hostage to be led to a gazebo somewhere nearby. Meanwhile... Deedee and Henry are at the base of these hiking trails looking over a map when Deedee notices something in the bushes nearby. Perfect. It's a fucking beautiful brick of cocaine. Oh, I thought it was going to be the bear. No. And one that's already been opened by an animal. Right. They suspect a deer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Henry tries to play it super cool because he is... Obsessed with Dee mm-hmm. like, has a huge crush on her. And so um he's like, Yeah, I've done Coke before. And Dee calls his bluff and dares him to do it. He pussies out. So she digs right in, but she doesn't know how. <laughs> That's funny. So she, I did see this part. Yeah. She eats it. Yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? And it's so, it's much. so much. It's so it's
0: fucking s- much. It's a shocking amount.
1: And so when that's awful, she's like, motherfucker, you're doing this shit, too. Yeah. And so he has to do it. And then when he can't handle it, he tells her it's because it's not as good as the shitty normal. you don't get on my (laughs) face. I respect his game. It's so funny. It's so cute. It's very funny. Okay. So just as
0: the coke starts to like really set in. It's also funny because we now know from my side of the podcast that it's literally the best cocaine that anybody could ever get their hands on. He's like, it's not as good as the stuff I normally get. Right. It's like the world's best cocaine. It's the
1: gold of cocaine. And just as it starts to really set in, that's when our bear shows up with its cute powdered nose. Aww. It's a fucking cute bear. Looks like he just ate some donuts. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, goes after the kids, duh. So we got mom, the ranger, and the wildlife representative And they come across now the same map where Mm -hmm. the kids were. And they see that their things have been like thrown about in a struggle. Terrifying. Fuck this. Fuck this. Terrifying. So the mom is calling out for her daughter frantically. We don't get a response from Didi, but we do get a response from Henry who managed to fucking shimmy his way up into a big ass tree. He tells them about the bear and how it attacked Dee Dee and the wildlife rep is like, that doesn't make sense. Bears don't come after humans unless you provoke it. So and is like, he acting like coked out? The kid? Yeah. No, not really. Because hmm. at this point he's so scared and yeah. just like the adrenaline he's and he's just like up. clinging to the tree. Yeah. Right? So he's like, you did something to provoke it. But that's when we hear the, the bear coming. The bear gets peter first ranger liz tries to shoot at it but she's a terrible shot the worst yeah so she almost gets peter instead the bear turns the attention back to liz she gets a bear claw to the butt and then she shoots the gun again scaring the bear away momentarily so now peter has landed face first Into some of the scattered coke. Okay. Right. So now he's high as fuck and shimmies his way up into a tree. Yeah. (laughs) The cocaine gives
0: them like great tree Tree, climbing abilities. For sure.
1: Liz hobbles her bear clawed ass back to the visiting center to call for backup. And they just abandon the mom there. Right. Fair. Peter figures out the bear must have also gotten into the cocaine. Okay. Making it super aggressive. And then the bear comes back and starts to climb the tree where Henry's hiding. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, bears are so good at
0: climbing trees. For real. Yeah.
1: And it's funny, that is a moment in the movie where the ranger's all like realizing that up in the tree. Like, the way that he just climbed the tree is like, you know, just like a bear and he's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So anyways, so he's initially going for um, Henry, but then The bear smells the coke on Peter. Oh. So it jumps. Okay. It jumps to the other tree and it eats him. And it gives Henry time to climb down. And so he and the mom can like run off into the woods. Okay. Okay. But her daughter's still missing. Daughters, we haven't seen the daughter. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually in the woods, Henry and the mom come across Olaf. (laughs) He says that he saw the devil bear with Dee Dee and takes them in the direction that it ran off in. When Liz gets back to the visiting center, she finds one of the punk-ass teens who got their ass beat. And he's there to report Mm David, But because of, like, the situation, they have a miscommunication where she thinks that he's there because of the bear mm-hmm. and he thinks that she also got beat up by David. so <laughs> funny. <laughs> David just going around beating
0: up everybody in sight.
1: <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we gotta do something about that's this. That's so funny. So they clearly don't know about the bear and that's just when the bear happens to like show up outside the door. Love it. Okay, So Liz tells one of the teens to open the door but again, she's a fucking terrible shot. And so. It's and also
0: for sure, being a forest ranger, for sure have bear mace, like yeah. bear spray. No. And then you
1: don't have to worry about where the bullet hits. Just no. spray the thing. She shoots the kid instead of the bear.
0: Liz, please, <laughs> please. Just give him some cocaine. Rub some cocaine on it. It'll be fine.
1: And as this shit show is unfolding, Officer Bob is arriving.
0: Could you imagine walking into this situation? But that's
1: just it. He doesn't. He sees that the sign says closed. Mm. And so he just walks right by. He just doesn't even go into the visiting center. Oh, that's funny. Meanwhile, it's chaos. It is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He just goes straight into the woods. So after that, we have an ambulance that does arrive because the other kids had called prior. And when they were called... At the time, all it was was like one kid with like a concussion, right? Like a mild head injury. Right. And they're the ones showing up to the fucking chaos. Yeah. They're like, we didn't even bring enough medical equipment. We brought a cold compress. So they get inside. There's a dead body on the floor blocking the door. Liz is hanging on for her life. (laughs) The female medic is checking out liz while the male goes to look for others and it's just as liz gets the word bear out and it's too late so liz and the female medic they get back into the ambulance they're driving off as the male medic runs away from the visiting center with the bear behind him he jumps in the bear is chasing them it's a full-on chase wow okay the bear lunges into the ambulance. It knocks Liz out. She gets dragged like face first into the ground. Jesus. That's her death. Um, The ambulance driver ends up hitting a tree. She goes through the windshield. Jesus. Like there's bodies left and right. It's the best. It's so good. And again, officer Bob is somehow missing all of this. He's no mm. he doesn't hear anything. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. He does find the gazebo though, before anybody else. And the drugs. Okay. He just walks right up like he misses all the mayhem, just walks right up to the drugs. Yeah. So when David and Eddie and the other teen that they took captive show up and realize the drugs are gone. That's when Bob is on top of the gazebo with his gun drawn, ready to arrest them. Like, haha, motherfuckers. Right. Right? Problem is Bob is old and fat and can't get off the fucking gazebo. That's so funny. <laughs> Cause it's the only way he'd be able to get down is to put his gun down. Right. And like shimmy down. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So him and David are basically like at a standoff. David tries to take advantage. He ends up getting his fingers shot off. This draws the attention of the bear, who, of course, also wants the drugs. But they don't know that. Yeah. So Eddie, when he sees the bear, he decides to play dead and lies on the ground.
0: But if it's black, you fight back. Right. <coughs>
1: but the bear at this point is exhausted.
0: It's a lot. The drugs his heart are wearing has off. To be- Hammering
1: in his body. The drugs are wearing off. He's had multiple snacks. And by the way, I keep saying he. It's a she. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. We love it, queen. She takes a nap on yep. top of Eddie. Perfect. <laughs> so with the bear passed out on top of Eddie, they can't decide if the bear is dead or just asleep. So Well, is it breathing,
0: dumbasses? I know. So
1: David gets down to listen, to hear if it's breathing. And that's when the bear... The beer. <laughs> and that's when the bear... The bear gets a whiff of the cocaine mm. and its eyes shoot wide open. This bear loves cocaine. Loves it. So the men finally realize the bear isn't interested in them. It wants the drugs. So Officer Bob rips open a brick and starts to spread it around like cocaine Christmas. Yeah. Like powdered sugar from the sky. Officer Bob and David call a truce in hopes of getting out alive, but that's just when Sid shows up. He shoots Officer Bob in the gut, and that's it for him, and Sid wants what's left of the drugs at this point. Like, anything will do. Mm -hmm. Whatever I can show up with, at least it's better than nothing.
0: Could you imagine showing up to the cartel with this story?
1: The bear also wants what's left. (laughs) So right before Officer Bob dies, he like throws the duffel bag in the bear's direction and it takes off north. Okay. So we've got Sid, David and Eddie following the bear. Okay. And we've got Mom, Henry and Olaf looking for the bear's den, trying to find her Dee-Dee. daughter. Exactly. Dee-Dee. All right. They do. They find it. And she's there. Dee Dee's there alive. But she's not alone. She's there with these little bear cubs. Oh, shit. Covered in cocaine. Jesus Christ. They're like playing not with a brick. Not baby cocaine know, like throwing it up in the air. Hilarious. And, like, rolling around in it and like fighting with each other and like, oh, just cute little bear shit. The mom and Henry are like reunited with Dee Dee when they hear Olaf Outside of the den, Mm -hmm. screaming. Oh, God. So they know Mama Bear is near. Yes. Shit's about to go down. And that they can't go back out the way they came in. So they go deeper into the, like, cave, den, whatever. Uh And they come out on the other side and it's like a waterfall. Oh. And like a river. Okay. Down a big-ass jump. Sid, Eddie, and David stumble on Olaf's mangled body. So they know they're in the right spot. Right. Eddie and David at this point, they're done. They're like, can we just turn back? It's not worth it. But we all know Sid's not going anywhere without his drugs. So, in the cave, they find another duffel bag and they go deeping searcher when they find the mom and the kids, and one last duffel bag that's like hanging from a branch. Like above the falls Mm -hmm. and the the cliff and all that. The baby bears go after Sid because they want their drugs back. Mm -hmm. And Sid is like kicking them and like pushing them away. That's not a good idea. No. Mama bear sees this from like up above. Yeah. Like don't fuck with my babies. She's coming down at him down the side of a cliff. And that's when the mom and the kids are like well we're fucking out. Yeah. They jump. They jump into the river below. Eddie and David follow after them. They abandon Sid. So he's up there with mom and baby. Baby bears. He shoots the mom. She falls. But there's like a little ledge that she lands Mm on. And he has just enough time to get like the last duffel but Brick of coke falls, of course, mm-hmm. and bursts open. Oh, shit. Mama smells it. Yeah. And she's ready for round two. Oh, my God. And she rips it open. Just fucking destroys him like a pinata. Just guts falling everywhere. The baby birds are snacking and, like, rolling around in his intestines. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So other mom, kids, our favorite drug dealers, they all survive the cocaine bear. They're- okay right we see the mom and the kids like she puts her daughter on a bicycle and they like walk her by all the fucking other dead bodies Mm and chaos and david and eddie are like well like let's go get your son yeah yeah (laughs) and they ride off in the sunset together as best friends Mm -hmm. and we have our closing notes that read authorities never recovered any of the dumped cocaine as far as they know it could still be in the forest to this day okay and it ended with a final dedication and loving memory of, of our guy the king really so wow yeah
0: what a movie what a fucking movie not a thing to do with the, case. the beginning the very beginning that's it the first that's it. minute of the movie yeah that's it but how many knives do you give it?
1: Five. No. Purse. I mean it's the best. It was accurate. What was in it was was accurate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. And then whatever happened after that was just a cherry on top. Amazing. <laughs> what a movie. What a film. And then it gave me the excuse to buy this fucking inflatable bear costume.
0: Yes. Your look of the week is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like an inflatable bear that it looks like you're riding it. Yeah. So I can't believe you bought
1: that shit. It's so funny. <laughs> Well, I looked at all like the bear costumes for me to wear. Yeah. And they were just so dumb. Yeah. I'm a slutty bear. It was just no. So I saw that and I was like, that's actually really funny.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. We can put some. Um... Oh,
1: no, you guys don't own powdered sugar.
0: Like we can put flour or something on his nose. Yeah, for sure. All right. Wow. What a what a movie. What a case. I feel like the movie was way more entertaining than the case was, but that's okay. I think Andrew Thornton is very entertaining.
1: I, again the work ethic. The, the idea dedication. that these people exist
0: is incredible yeah. to me. That's mm-hmm. amazing. It was fun. Um so much of your movie reminded me I just watched an episode of I Survived, which I think I've talked about a couple times, but it's like it's basically a first hand account of people surviving like horrific situations and they don't do the like cheesy reenactments it's literally just one person to a camera telling you their survival story and they'll show like pictures of like where they're talking about or whatever but they don't do the whole reenactment thing is the point this guy was in Sierra Leone Africa and him and a team of people were going to go for whatever reason to some like chimpanzee sanctuary but the chimpanzees had been like, abused and neglected. And Ugh. I don't know if they were going to rescue them. I don't know what their plan was. I can't remember that part. But the point is, you got three guys in the backseat, including our survivor, who's in the middle, okay. of the three guys in the backseat, a guy shotgun, and then their, like, driver slash interpreter slash, like, you know, man about the town driving them. Yeah. And they're driving up the road to the sanctuary when this chimpanzee. Uh, A six-foot, 240-pound chimpanzee, like pure muscle, comes out on the road and stands up on its hind legs. And the driver immediately puts it in reverse and says, that's Bruno. He's an escaped chimpanzee from the sanctuary. And basically, like, he's a man killer. Like, everyone knows you stay the fuck away from him. So he's pedal to the metal in reverse down this road And this chimpanzee is on all fours, running, screaming, rips the mirrors off the fucking car, catches up to the car, smashes out the back windows, grabs one of the dudes from the back seat, and our survivor in the middle is like holding on to him, not letting the chimpanzee have him. He finally gets him back in the car, and the chimpanzee's bitten off this guy's hand. So our guy takes off his shirt, wraps up the dude's hand. And in the middle of all this, their driver decides to three 180 the car and decides to go towards the sanctuary, drives through the locked fence, the locked gate, which ends up making their car stop. And now they're stopped with no car that works in the middle of this clearing surrounded by jungle. And the survivor says he looks up and he just sees Bruno fucking running at him. And he can hear the chimpanzees in the forest just screaming Houghton and hollering mm-hmm. and screaming their driver takes off he runs and he gets like he get he runs before Bruno even gets to them and he takes off to go find help chimpanzee catches up the dude whose hand he bit off he starts mauling and attacking and for whatever reason our survivor found it within himself he said he was enraged he felt so much rage and he picks up a tree branch he starts fighting this chimpanzee off mm-hmm. and He has a real tussle with him and the tree branch and whatever and kind of like pushes him back into the jungle. And he says, then Bruno goes into the jungle where all the other chimpanzees are screaming and stops on his hind legs and turns around and looks at him and then turns back around and just heads into the jungle. And he's like, that's weird. And at this point, his friend's been mauled.
1: Let him live. The
0: two other Americans have gone for help and have found their way to like a ranger station. So they come in in like armored vehicles to rescue these two guys, right? And so they get his friend to the hospital. They survive. Him, his friend who got mauled, and his two like American counterparts all make it to the hospital. And he said as he's in the hospital, he sees this body get carried by that he could barely recognize as a human. It's been disemboweled. The genitals have been ripped off. The face has been ripped off. And he's like, what is that? And they're like, that's your driver, who what happened was, and this is what reminds me of the black bear, He ran before our survivor fought back. And they said that the chimpanzees got to him because he was running. But they said, because you fought back and you took on the alpha male, even though you didn't win, they like let you back off and let you live because you fought the alpha male. Wow. Isn't that crazy?
1: I feel like we could have done that as an episode (laughs) and watched the movie Congo. Uh,
0: Yeah, for sure wow isn't that or um what's that james frame the remake of it reminded me very much of like planet of the apes
1: oh mm -hmm.
0: but yeah isn't that crazy
1: terrifying
0: i when because i've watched a lot of those i survived that shit was i'm like that's legit fucking scary for your car to break down and you're in the middle of this sanctuary with all these wild chimpanzees screaming and their leader is trekking running you down like oh it's so scary so scary because there's nothing you can do about it but apparently if you ever find yourself in this situation fight back fight back Mm -hmm. i mean what source that happens you lose well he's gonna maul you anyways Mm -hmm. but you might get some
1: respect so aren't there gray bears probably so what do you do with a gray bear i mean i think there's lots of other bears besides well
0: if it's brown lay down if it's black fight back If it's a rabid chimpanzee, fight Fight back. (laughs) Fight (laughs) back. So, okay, here we go. Here's a what would you do. You ready? Yeah. My son, my 10-year-old son, who's a very, like, sweet, shy, kind of anxious kid, uh, got invited to the movies last night to see the new Evil Dead Rises. (gasps) Yeah. Which is a hard R.
1: Yeah.
0: And... I watched, I, the, see it. I watched the trailer and the trailer looks scary as fuck. I don't want to see it. And wa- and he watched the trailer and he's like, it doesn't look that bad. And I'm like, why? They do this, that and the other. He's like, they don't show that. And I'm like, because it's the trailer. I'm like, they imply it, which means they're going to show it in the movie theater. And he was like, oh, and I could see he was kind of like double thinking whether or not he wanted to do this. So I gave him the out and I took the heat. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable with my son, blah, 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 to the mom. So that way he could still, like, look cool and save face. But my question is, what would you do? Your 10-year-old kid gets invited to an R-rated movie, an R-rated horror movie, where the trailer even looks scary
1: to you. I'd do exactly what you did. I would leave it up to them. If they want to go, go. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not even going to be up to me. It's going to be up to Nick. Right. So, but yeah, because you know me, I'm already like, let's, you want to watch a scary movie?
0: <laughs> well, and I should preface this with saying that he has not seen any scary movies before.
1: Right. Oh, no. I'm excited to see this movie, so I
0: agree. It's not a yeah. good... He's excited. I mean, yeah. excited. He hasn't even seen like yeah, a Chucky. Yeah, he should not be. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a lot for his first... For sure. Toe dip
1: into horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. But me, on the other hand, I'm just like... I want the opportunity f- for them to feel scared like I was. Yeah. And I feel like you do have to do that at a young age. But yeah, within <laughs> a movie theater with your friends the first time like no.
0: Well, and that's the thing. The two friends he's going with, one of them is like his best friend and the other one I think he has like a crush on. Yeah, you
1: got to you got to warm up.
0: And I don't want that's no. an awkward situation. You for don't want to sure. be upset. No.
1: In the movie theater,
0: all like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's you. Do we have anything else to talk about?
1: No, I think that's we it. Did it. I think we did it. Oh my god! Okay, so and I gotta go see what's happening in my bathroom. Ugh, Lord,
0: um, to see pictures, including Bee's incredible look of the week. I'm very excited um, for this. We haven't even taken it out of the box, and I'm sure there's instructions, so we have to metal, figure that out. And batteries. Was that the toilet slamming? You don't want to see what's going on in that bathroom. You got to give it a little bit more time to cook.
1: I just, I know.
0: Mimosa heard you and she's like,
1: not now, mom. I'm I'm not done yet. We're just warming up. Oh, my God. So, yeah. um, Besides the the bear, I've also got my dare shirt on. Fitting. Because I love both drugs and violence. Yeah. And we got both of those. Wow. Yeah. What a sewed.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thanks so much for listening to see pictures from this week's episode. I promise I'll post them on time this time. I totally forgot to post them last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, Go to our Instagram, THC podcast. And, you know, we'll be back next time. Eventually. Eventually, (laughs) with maybe a more serious case. But this was a fun one. This This is a good one for 420. It was so fun. We needed a palate cleanser. We did. It's been a lot of dead kids leading up to this (laughs) moment all right we love you guys thank you so much and we will see you next time bye bye